And that in itself scared me. And here's the other thing that really, really threw me off. And that gave me, that's making me feel more emotional. I am a black man raising a black son. So now I have to mentally train myself, physically train myself, emotionally train myself to teach my son how to come home safe. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you for joining me at Dear Dad Podcast. Once again, my name is B. Jemson Darius, a.k.a. BJ. So today, today is June 14th, 2020. I'm recording this. June 14th, 2020. So currently right now, there is uh, an uproar for police brutality. Um, if you guys don't know, and I know you guys know right now, for those of you that are joining in now, that there is a, a, a lot of protests going on for uh, George George Floyd. I've, I've been approached a couple of times and I've been asked if I'm going to say anything on this podcast regarding this um, event. Am I going to say anything? Am I going to have my own input about that? And the funny thing is I've heard that, I heard people saying that about celebrities as well. What, are you going to say anything? Is your time to say something? Why aren't you saying something? You need to say something. And I, I understand it both ends. Some people say, I don't need to say anything. I'm going to let the protest and I'm going to let everybody speak for themselves. I'm going to let the protesters speak for themselves. I'm going to let the people speak for themselves. And I heard some celebrities say that too. I think Dave Chappelle was saying that, that I'm going to let it speak for itself because he doesn't have to say anything. It's going to speak for itself. But I also understand where if I have a platform to say something, to make a difference, I need to say something or I can say something. So here's my little something. So typically, I do not, I almost avoid watching anything that has to do with slavery, anything that has to do with racism, I try to avoid because it gives me an uncomfortable feeling. I cannot sit down and watch any kind of racist movie or any kind of racist documentary because it makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel unease. I cannot sit in my chair for too long and watch these things right in front of me happening that happened, you know, in the past is hard for me. I'm not saying I, I shouldn't watch it. I'm not saying it's not educational. For me, it's just a little hard. So almost every movie that I've watched that had to do with slavery and the way slave were being abused and they were being neglected and they were being separated from the family, all those things have an effect on me. It just changed my views. It just have a, a different feeling for me so i always try to avoid it as much as much as possible and it's hard to it's really hard to so now i'm sitting here today june 14th 2020 and i'm listening to the radio and i'm listening to news talking about this event that just happened george floyd i said his name in the beginning again and it's a reason George Floyd, because his life was taken from him 
unnecessarily for minor charges, unnecessarily brutality for something minor. I'm going to just give you a little bit of background of it. So some of you guys that may or may not understand, uh, remember it, if you're listening to it, uh, maybe years down the, down the line, this is more of a refresher. On May 25th, 2020, Floyd was arrested on a charge of passing a counterfeit $20 bill at a grocery store neighborhood of Minneapolis. According to the store clerk, the bill that Floyd used was an obvious fake. And when he was challenged, Floyd, he refused to return the purchase of the cigarettes. That day, that day, May 25th, 2020, he died. Floyd died. How? A white officer pressed his knees to Floyd's necks for nearly nine minutes during that arrest. Floyd was handcuffed face down in the street, while two other officers further restrained Floyd and a fourth prevented onlookers from, from intervening. For the last three of those minutes, Floyd was motionless and had no pulse but officers had made no attempts to revive him. The officer kept his knees on Floyd's neck till the EMT came to treat him. Nine minutes, nearly nine minutes to put your knees, nearly nine minutes. You place your knees on someone's neck to restrain him, a person that was not even fighting back. Nine minutes. She just kneeled there without moving. Floyd stopped moving the last three minutes and still they refused to check his pulse. They refused to see if he was still alive. For me, that's just profound where you have no respect, no remorse for human life or I'm sorry, for a black life. I'm pretty sure if it was a white person, it would not happen. I'm pretty sure if it was a white person, it would this would not ever occur. So why? Why? Why don't you have any remorse for any black lives? Nine minutes, nearly nine minutes. You knelt there on somebody's neck with no remorse in your face. No shame, no nothing, because you had to prove a point. Because he was black? Because he had a counterfeited $20 bill? That was worth somebody's life? Really? See, every time I go into this, I get a little bit emotional. I get emotional because it's unnecessary. It is unnecessary for you to hold someone down for that long when they're not even resisting. At all. And here's the the crazy part as he knew he was gonna die Floyd as he knew he was gonna die he called out to his mother and all of us know when we call out to our mom we know there's something wrong that is our comfort that is our shelter and that's where he called that's who he called that's who he called to his mom because he has no one else that can help him there was no money else I can lend a hand. There were people that was recording the incident, but they couldn't do anything because there was another officer that was trying to 
avoid anybody to record so they can see what's going on. Profound. You took someone's life. Why? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I'm, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm sad. I had a moment when I had time to just talk about this on an event that was going on in the church. And I said that, and I just could not come up with the proper words that I wanted to say. Why? Because I'm black and I have a son. I'm raising a son. I'm a black man that goes out into the world. I drive to work if I have to. I drive to the store if I have to. I go at all times of, of, of the day to get whatever I need to get to the store, whatever it is. And the scary thing is I might not come back. I might not come back to my wife. I might not come back to my son. And that in itself scared me. And here's the other thing that really, really threw me off. And that gave me, that's making me feel more emotional. I am a black man raising a black son. So now I have to mentally train myself, physically train myself, emotionally train myself to teach my son how to come home safe. I have to train him to know what to say and what not to say to a police officer. Put your hand on a dashboard. Don't reach for anything. Yes, sir. No problem. All that stuff is this becomes a norm now because we are not guaranteed to come back home. That is the scary part for me. No matter how much training that I may have, no matter how much, no matter how much training I may give my son, it's not a guarantee that he might come home because there can be some trigger-happy police officer that's more than willing to take his life. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with you not caring about my son. At two years old, three, my question is, at what point, at what age does he become a threat to you? I mean, I myself had my own experience with the cops. I had my own I wasn't, it wasn't an altercation, but when I was younger, in my 20s, I, have, I had a dog. And I was given a ticket because I let my dog out off the leash in a closed area. And it was a ticket. So I got a ticket for that. And because it wasn't, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't urgent, it was impressing, I did not pay the ticket. So I just left it hanging. So one night, it was around, I believe it was 1 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And I'm guessing the date of the ticket had passed. So one night around 1 o'clock in the morning, we get a knock on the door, like banging on the door like it was an emergency. Banging, banging, banging. And a bunch of officers and police officers raid the house and ask, who is so-and-so? Ask for my name. And they say, I'm saying, this is me. What's the problem? What's wrong? And they say, well, you know, you had you had some charges against you. Why didn't you take you in? This is like one, two o'clock in the morning. I'm telling you, no lie. One o'clock in the morning, they raided the entire building. So they handcuffed me. They put me in a car. And I was brought to the precinct and sat there in the cell for 
the entire morning, the entire night until morning, the entire time. I was scared. It's the first time I've ever get, got arrested. I was ever in handcuff. First time. I was just scared. And here's the thing. I was arrested and handcuffed and in jail, so to speak. My girlfriend at that time, my wife now, she didn't know about it. She didn't know what was going on. She was calling me. My phone wasn't with me. She was trying to figure out what was, what was wrong. I was in that place, cold, damped cell for the entire night and morning. I was brought to the judge. And the judge literally read what I was being charged for and dismissed it. He looked disgusted. He was like, why are you bringing this person here for this charge? I think that was the word for word he said. And he said, dismiss. I, it was dismissed. So all this, all that, all that was unnecessary. All that was unnecessary for a dog ticket because he wasn't on his leash. I had to get arrested for that. And there was a raid for that. Like it was unnecessary. And I think it was happening because we was in a black environment. I was in Harlem at that time. All that for what? It was unnecessary. Unnecessary. The cop that had arrested me, one of them was just being nice. The other one was just being a jerk. I don't know if that was something that they played. Being a jerk. That was scary. It was unnecessary. And I don't ever want to go through that again. I don't recommend it for anybody. All that for a dog ticket. But this is what we're living in right now. Honestly, this is what we're living in right now. I share my story because it's not because I want sympathy. It's not because I want to feel for you to feel sorry for me. It's because I myself went through this as well. I lived this, not to the full experience as others have, but I had my share. I had my share. I share this because this is my part of it. I've went through this as well. I know there's many of you guys that went through this that are not even talking about it. But that was what I went through. It was hard. It was scary. I didn't know what was going to happen. Though it was a minor charge, it was a charge. I was, a, I was in handcuffs behind a police car. All that was scary. It was scary. This is the society that we're living in right now. They are protesting. They are looting. Because we had enough. It happened too frequently. And when the lives are taken, black lives are taken, there's no measures that's being taken. The officers are being in are not being indicted walking free it's not up until today now recently that officers are being charged for these killing of black people my black people so I am upset I am sad I am confused I am hurt because I don't know what to do I can protest, I can walk, I can do whatever I need to do, but how far is my voice going to go? What can I say that's going to make a difference? All I can do is share my feelings, my thoughts, my understandings. I don't know how far this is going to go. I don't know if it's going to change somebody's life. I'm hoping it does. I would like for it to, to, to change someone's life. But to hold your knee on someone's neck for nine 
nine minutes. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Why? Why? And then to walk away and go home and sleep at night without it affecting you, it baffles me. Why so much hatred in your heart for black people? Why? It makes no sense. Racism makes no sense to me. That's how evil I think this world is at times. Because you get angry for no reason. You think what your anger, the anger you're feeling is justified by taking somebody's life. All because they step on your shoes. All because they have a counterfeited $20 bill. All because a, a white woman said a black boy said this about her. The world that we're living in right now is not fair. It's not fair for black people at all. It's not made for us. This world's not made for us. This country's not made for us. It hurts so much to watch my son freely run around and be happy and knowing that at any given point in time, his life can be taken. My life can be taken. Why? Why? You know, it took me, it took a lot for me to come here and, 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 and share my thoughts. I'm private. But I feel like I need to say something. I'm private, but my voice may, can make a difference. This hurt a lot. I normally don't even watch these things, but when I watched that video, it impacted me. I felt that. I felt it when he called to his mom. I felt it when he said I could not breathe. I felt it over and over again. When he called out to his mom, I felt it. When he struggled to breathe, I felt it. Unbelievable. For a life of a black person means very little to you. It does not make sense to me. It's another life. It's another person's life. Why would you so willingly take somebody's life with no remorse, no regret? And that's what bothers me at times. I'm watching the video over and over again. I look at the officer's face. He doesn't move. He doesn't flinch. About nine minutes. Don't move. Don't flinch. Nine minutes. And he's okay with that. Got up. Wrote his report. Went home. And went to sleep. Not even caring. I don't understand. That in itself for me made a big difference made a big difference I don't know why this hurt me so much I don't know why it impacted me so much it's probably because I've had enough we've had enough things need to change something needs to give Do if it's us protesting if it's us looting if it's us um, taking over an entire city block then maybe we had to take those kind of actions because we can't sit here and let this happen over and over again. Black people, black men are losing their lives. Black women are losing their lives. Black are losing, blacks are losing their life every single day. Something got to give. Something got to change. You can't say this is the country, this is the home of a free. Free for who? Just white people? Limited amount of people? This is a home of the free. I don't feel free. 
I feel restrained. I feel stressed. I feel unease. Even when a, a cop passes me by in the streets or drive by me or if I see a cop behind me, I automatically feel stressed out. We black people are in a constant state of anxiety because we don't know if this is our last time, our last day, our last hour, our last second. Lives are being taken right in front of families and nothing is being done. So yes, the protest is needed. Yes, the looting is needed. All this is needed because we need to change this. The system is broken for a long time. So we need to take action. So whatever that we can do, whatever we need to do to change that, let's take action. Let us take actions. Let us take action. Use your voice to make a difference. And that's what I'm doing. I can't go protesting every day. I can't write posts every day. But I have this platform for Dear Dad. I'm going to use it. It hurts. It scares me. I'm in pain. I'm anxious. Why? Because my life is in danger. My life is not valued. Constant states of anxiety at all time. That is no way to live life. But that is what I'm feeling right now. Pain. I'm in pain. I'm scared. I'm emotionally hurt. I am emotional right now because I am scared for myself and for my son. I'm scared. It's not easy. It's not easy. But guys, this, that was my two cents on this topic. I can go a lot deeper, but I just want to keep it to myself right now. I want to just keep it. I want to just share with you this, this little thoughts of mine. It hurts, man. It hurts. I know I've said it over and over and over and over again, but it hurts. Uh, it hurts. We got to change. This country got to change. We got to do better. We have to do better. We're dying unnecessarily. Let's make a difference, guys. Let's make a difference. Use your voice. Use your platform to educate, to talk about it. The more we talk about it, the more we have a chance that this can change. It might be a long road ahead, but we can make a difference. Use your voice. Use your platform. However way you can, whenever you can, do your part in this. A silent voice cannot be heard. A closed mouth cannot be fed. So use your tools that you have so you can make a difference. Thanks again, guys. Thanks again for joining me at the Dear Dad podcast. And I will see you guys in a few. Bye.
Now to wrap up this episode, I thought it was fitting to have this special artist on to recite this very, very powerful poem. This artist is my very own niece, Anaya Dumas, and she did an amazing job reciting Still Our Rise by Maya Angelou. I'm proud of you. Love you. Keep doing good things. Still Our Rise by Maya Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may draw me in very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you so beset with gloom? Cause I walk as if I've got oil wells pumping in my own living room. Just like the moon and like the sun with the certainty of tides, just like hopes Bringing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my own soul's cries? Does my hauntiness upset you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh as if I've got gold mines digging my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Don't you take it off awful hard that I'll dance as if I've got diamonds at the meeting of my side. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I am a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tides. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise! Hey guys, Bidemson Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did study my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That, for me, was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. 
it's free it is free to use yeah i know that's crazy but take my word on this it's true using anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy trust me you'll love it so download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started For more Dear Dad podcasts, visit Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you check Dear Dad Podcasts on your favorite Instagram social media platform at Dear Dad Podcasts. Catch you later.